Hello everyone. Welcome back and thank you for joining us on the Live Unreal with Glover U podcast, where every week Jeff Glover and his coaches dive deep into questions that you are asking. They understand the challenges you are facing on a day-to-day basis and still work every day on the front lines of real estate, with Jeff and his team closing over 1,000 homes per year. In today's episode, we're talking about database strategies that will be vital in the next market. Now, let's hear from Jeff. Once you do three by three by three and you don't get anywhere with them, that's when you can let the CRM work its magic. And don't get me wrong, we're still gonna use the CRM for uh, you know, reminders and the tools that it does offer us, but the three by three by three, that's on us. After I don't get anywhere with them, after three by three by three, then they're set up on a drip campaign. I call it in our, in our company, we call, I call the CRM the trash can. Just go put the lead in the trash can and maybe it'll come back. Because that's where, that's where leads go to die. We're gonna get our most success following the three by three by three with our efforts. And if I can't get anything, then let's see what the CRM can do. Number nine, follow, when we do get somebody on the phone, follow the ALM model with online leads. Follow the A. L M model with online leads. The ALM model. Show of hands, who's familiar with the ALM model? Okay, if you're on the live stream, are you familiar with the ALM model? Many are not. Why? Because it's only been proven really the last 18 months or so to be very effective. And so not a lot of people are talking about it yet, but they're going to start. You're going to hear it here first. And that is this. With online leads moving forward, I want you to focus on setting an appointment first. Focus on the location second. And the motivation third. This is the order in which we're working online leads. So what do I mean by that? When you have a prospect on the phone, in fact, I'll show you our script. When you have a prospect on the phone, so when you actually get them on the phone, you're gonna give them what they want first. And what is that? An appointment. So you'll notice the very first question in the script after you say, hi, thanks for calling about Banana Street. When would you like to take a look at it? Go right for the appointment. We're having more more success using the ALM model because we're giving consumers what it is they want. And what they want is an appointment. They don't want to hear about your buyer consultation and they don't want a million questions about how pre-approved they are and who they're working with and all that. Figure that stuff out later. Set the appointment, let them know that you have to confirm it with the listing agent and the seller and then call back and get the other stuff. If, if based on your conversation, your gut says or just you know your policy is that you have to do a buyer consultation, then that's fine. Get that later. Don't focus on that during the first call. Give them what they want, otherwise they're going to find somebody else to give it to them. And if you see the property they're inquiring on is pending, stop telling them that it's pending and that you'll search for something else for them. Well, you know, I'm sorry, Mary, but that one's showing off the market. Uh, But where else are you looking? I'll see what I can do. Gone. Instead, Mary, you want to see the home on Orange Avenue? Awesome. Let me go ahead and get that set up. When do you want that set up for? Well, can we see it tonight at 5 o'clock? Tonight at 5 o'clock. I'll put you down for five o'clock. Let me go check with the seller and listing agent. Make sure we can confirm that. You'll hear back from me. Plan on five o'clock tonight. You're staring it as pending on the MLS. 
Jeff, isn't that like a little kind of unethical, you know, kind of a little slimy? No, watch this. Show of hands, who has a deal that's in the process of falling apart right now or has fallen apart in the last few days? Real high, real high, real high. Okay. By the way, all right, let me ask it this way. My broker said, Jeff, if you don't have deals falling apart, you're not doing enough business. So now let me ask the question. How many of you in here have a deal that's falling apart or has fallen apart in the last week? Okay, now a few of you. Okay, now a few proud ones. Yeah, I got all kinds of deals falling apart. Okay. Here's, here, now let me ask you a question. Sean, you were one of the hands that came up. So you have a deal falling apart right now? Okay. Is the listing back on the market in the MLS yet? No. It's not, is it? No. When deals are falling apart, when inspections go bad, when appraisals are bad, all of the sudden deals are falling apart, but you're not, the listing agent is not putting it back on the market right away. So why are you telling the buyer that it's pending when you don't know if it's still pending? So now when I call Sean and say, hey, Sean, my, my buyer uh, is interested in seeing your home on Orange Avenue. I see that it's pending here. What's the status with that? Is that going to close? Blew up, Blew up exactly. All right. Can we see it tonight? All right, perfect. Now I can call my buyer back and be a hero. Hey, good news, you're gonna get in there before anybody else because this one's falling apart. So stop telling consumers that the listing's pending just because you see it's pending. It doesn't mean it's pending. Now, watch this. If Sean were to say, yeah, Jeff, it's closing next week. Ah, oh, shucks, okay. Now I've got a few hours to find another listing or two that maybe recently came on the market. So I can call Mary back and say, hey, Mary, good news and bad news. Bad news is the house on banana is not back on the market yet. Notice how I said not back on the market yet. Still leaving that door open because we don't know for sure it's going to close. The house on banana is not back on the market yet, but I did find another one that just came on the market yesterday. I don't know if you're familiar with it. I got to set up for five o'clock today. It's very similar to that one. Here, I'll text it to you. Here's the link. We've got us. I got to set up for five o'clock today. Why don't we just plan on meeting at that one? Now from that point, it might go one of two ways. Mary might say, all right, let me take a look at it. Let me check da 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 da. Because Mary's already got the time slotted. She's already, in her mind, five o'clock's already booked because you, you set an appointment with her. So now when I call back, it's easier to keep an appointment because she's already got that time booked. So now I'm going to try to convince her to see something else. And if she doesn't want to see that, that's fine. Then I will go to, well, Mary, where else are you looking? Ideally, when would you like to be in by? Then you can talk about your buyer consultation and all the reasons why they should work for you and all that stuff. But give them an appointment first. Follow the ALM model. I promise you, you'll sell more real estate. That's number nine. Number 10. By the way, this is the rest of the, the script on that one for those of you taking pictures. Number 10. Create urgency with buyers create urgency with buyers using the timing analysis during your buyer consultation. Create urgency with buyers using the timing analysis during the buyer consultation. The timing analysis, what do I mean? Well, if you've ever taken our listing mastery or buyer mastery course, where you get access to all of our marketing material and, every, material and everything, at the bottom, you'll see there's a home sale timeline. And every single appointment we go on, every single buyer that we meet with, we share with them the timing analysis. Why do we do that? Because it's designed to create urgency and set expectations to make my life easier as a real estate agent. Now, if you don't have fancy buyer presentation material or whatever, I would just say take out a clean sheet of paper and present this to them. 
every single consultation I go on, I'm presenting it. It looks like this. So just draw a little timeline. You know, there's a notch in the front, little, little ways down, another notch, little ways down, another notch, another notch, another notch. So we have one, two, three, four, five notches. Okay? This is the buyer timing analysis. And I'll say to a buyer, Mr. or Mrs. Buyer, are you aware of how long it's taking to get into a home in today's market? Oh, I don't know, a month or two or whatever. Yeah, it could be fast, but sometimes it takes a little longer. Let me share with you how long it's taking for buyers to secure a home today. So today's date is December the 1st. I'm just going to kind of ad lib this with myself. And we're going to set you up on a search. So we're going to search, start search, 12-1. And by the time you get out and look at properties, you're probably going to select one you want to make an offer on within two to three weeks. So I set a date for two to three weeks out. And let's just call it 1221. A couple things I'm doing there. I'm making sure they understand we're not going to be looking at homes for two to three months. We're going to be looking at homes for two to three weeks, and you're going to find one. That's common. Most of our buyers buy a home or make an offer on a home in two to three weeks. But I'm not writing pending right here. I'm writing offer rejected. Okay? Why am I doing that? Because in the lower price points, we're still seeing multiple offer situations. Right? In most markets, at your average price point or below, we're still seeing tons of multiple offer situations. I want to prepare them for that so when this happens, they don't fire me. I want to prepare them for this so when it happens, they're not searching for another agent because I couldn't get the deal done. I'm preparing them for their first offer not getting accepted. And by the way, when it does, I'm the hero. So by the way, you're going to go out two to three weeks. We're going to write an offer. There's a chance it could get rejected because it's still competitive in your price point. The good news is, after two or three weeks, you know what it's going to take to get an offer accepted, so we'll probably find another house a week or two after that, and we'll get a deal pending for you. So I'm going to write pending right here, and I'm going to add two weeks to this. So two weeks to that puts us at, we'll just call it 1-1-10, okay? We'll have something pending, and you'll have an offer accepted with a seller. And then, do you know how long it takes to close today, Mr. and or Mrs. Buyer? Oh, I don't know, about a month or so. Yeah, usually about a month, but if there's an inspection issue or an appraisal issue, it might take 35, 40 days. So just to be safe, let's just say it takes 40 days, and that puts us at 220, and that's our closing. Now, in your market, do you guys have use and occupancy? Do you have key, like key exchanges after closing where the sellers can rent their home back, or do you guys always do keys at closing? They can do rent backs? Okay, good. So by the way, rent backs are pretty common in our market too. So I prepare the seller during the, or the buyer during the buyer consultation. There's a good chance when you make an offer on a property, the seller's gonna say they wanna stay in the home for some time after closing. So that way they don't have to move twice and they can find a house and, and, and also accomplish what it is they wanna accomplish. So then we have keys. The key exchange is gonna happen probably about a month after closing, maybe two weeks, somewhere in that range. So based on this, if you find something pretty quickly, you're not actually moving until the end of March. And that's meeting today. Now, Mr. and Mrs. Buyer, how does that fit with your timeline? Now, here's one of two things that are going to happen. They're either going to say, that's actually perfect. We wanted to be moving in the spring. And I'm okay with that. Here's what the rest are going to say. Wow, we better get moving then. We were hoping to be in like before spring. We want to be settled by spring. Okay. So what this is doing, this is actually helping you create urgency with your buyers to cause them to get into action faster, to cause them to want to go see homes this weekend instead of in a few weeks, or now they're not taking their time during showings and dragging things out. Use the, the, the timing analysis to create more urgency with buyers, and it's going to help you set expectations. So if a deal falls through, they're not searching for another agent. That's number 10. Number 11. Number 11. 
have answers to, have answers to, and overcome, have answers to, and overcome the most common buyer objections in the new market. Have answers to, and overcome, the most common buyer objections in the new market. So what is the most common buyer objection in the new market? I'm sure you've heard it a time or two already. Why should I buy now when rates are high and all the talk is that prices are about to come down? Well, Mr. and Mrs. Buyer, there's actually three reasons why you should buy now. Number one, interest rate. We just saw that interest rates went up a point, point and a half in like a 30, 45 day stretch. That could very much happen again come the new year, come spring. So stepping out of the role play for a second, depending on your average price point, what I want everyone in the room to figure out is the difference in payment. You can do a point, you can do a point and a half at your average sales price. So let's just say your average sales price, in this case, uh, 350,000. 350,000 is a $200 a month difference, or by the way, that works out to $24,000 over 10 years, because 2,400 times 10 years. So if they wait until spring and interest rates go up 1%, you're actually gonna end up paying $24,000 if you stay in the home only for 10 years. The average person stays nine to 10 years. You're gonna spend $24,000 more. So how much are you really saving by waiting? So that's one that everyone should be able to rattle off like that. Know, your, know the difference in interest rate. If it goes up a point or a point and a half, know that difference. There's two more though. Two, as each day passes and more and more buyers hear that they can get a deal, buyers that were on the fence will now enter into the market. All the buyers that didn't get their offers accepted because it was chaotic, they're now going to enter into the market, creating more demand. The third, which is probably the most important right now, and it's very timely for this market, at this moment, many sellers are concerned for what's to come and are accepting terms that buyers had no chance getting accepted and may not again once demand increases. You know this if you've got listings. I had one just 10 days ago in, in a city called Livonia, Michigan. It's a low offer on a listing and I definitely could have gotten the buyers up. Sellers said, don't even bother countering. I don't wanna lose them. Go ahead and take the deal. Why is that? Because the sellers are fearful for what's happening. They're fearful for what's to come. Just get me an accepted deal. So right now we have a little bit of a window of opportunity to make sure our buyers know that because of what's happening in the market, you can get a seller to do something that we wouldn't normally have a chance to do. That's number 11. Number 12. Number 12. Future pace sellers for price reductions at the listing table. Future pay sellers for price reductions at the listing table. Future pay sellers for price reductions at the listing table. So what do I mean by that? Well, we know that pricing is important now more than it has been the last few years. So every time I take a listing, I'm delivering this script. Mr. and Mrs. Seller, once we get your home on the market, one of three things is going to happen. Every single listing appointment I go on, I'm delivering this script. 
Once we get your home on the market, one of three things is going to happen. Number one, we're going to have a lot of showings, and we're going to have good interest, and, and, and maybe even a handful of offers. And that means we priced it right, and we marketed it right. Now, why is that important that I point that out? Can anybody tell me? What's that? Bingo. In a hot market, if, if it sells fast, they expect it. In a softer market, when they're hearing all of their neighbors are sitting all of a sudden, if their home sells fast, they're going to think you underpriced it. So I'm setting the expectation that if it sells fast, we did everything right. Hey, here's what's going to happen now, Mr. and Mrs. Seller. One of three things. Going to get it on the market. Going to get multiple offers. It's going to sell quickly. That's, that's a good thing. We market it and price it right. Or two, most likely, we're going to have some interest. We're going to have some good showings. We're going to have some good feedback, but maybe no offers. And that means we're in the ballpark. We just might be 3 to 5% too high. Or worst case scenario, if we put it on the market and we don't get a lot of activity, we don't get, it, we don't get any offers at all, then that means we're probably 5 to 7% too high. I'm having this conversation at the listing table, so that way when I call them in two or three weeks and the listing isn't selling, now it's going to be much easier for me to get a price reduction because they're anticipating this conversation. They know that this conversation is coming. So we have to future pay sellers for a price reduction at the listing table if we want to sell a higher percentage of our listings. Remember, I think I have additional, let me see, yes, additional pricing script. Remember, if you end up listing at a price that was not your price, be sure to show your confidence in their home and that price and prepare them for review after 14 days on the market. Okay, so there's an additional well, how do, Jeff, how do prices, how, do, how does the value change? Well, prices fluctuate based on what's listed and what's sold. If new homes come on the market for less, then that brings our price down. If listings sell for less, then that brings our price down. Prices are fluid. All right, number 13. Once I have an overpriced listing, because we're all going to have one at some point in time, if you take listings, you're going to have one that's overpriced. Once I have an overpriced listing, use the days on market enemy script. Once I have an overpriced listing, use the days on market enemy script. So what does that mean? I'll share it with you now. So first I want you to write down days on market is the enemy to a home's value. Days on market is the enemy to a home's value. Get used to saying that. Almost every listing appointment I go on, I do this little exercise with the sellers to help them understand their home's value. This isn't just for getting price reductions. This is something you can do at the listing table. Days on market is the enemy to your home's value. May I explain? Sure, Jeff. And so I'm just going to do a little role play with myself here. I'll say, Mary, Bob, do you remember when you bought this home? Thank you for taking time to join Jeff today on the Live Unreal with Glover U podcast. The market is changing. Our business plans and strategies need to change along with it. Join the number one producing real estate coach, Jeff Glover, and the New York Times best-selling author, speaker, and leadership authority, John C. Maxwell, in Orlando this January for the 2023 Live Unreal Summit and learn everything you need to know and do to thrive through the shifting market. To learn more, visit gloveru.com summit.